now listening to the Let's Go With Will podcast. As always, let's go. Yo, what's up, everyone? It's great to see y'all again. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud, thank you for subscribing to the channel and checking out episode 142 of the Let's Go With Will podcast. As always, I'm your humble host, Will. And we're starting off this week's podcast with basketball. We saw the Celtics win game one. We saw the Warriors dominate game two. So I'll be discussing key things each team needs to do in order to keep winning games in the series. And even though there's some things the Warriors can do to win the series, I'm still sticking with my picks. I got the Celtics winning in six. Then I'm also going to be discussing the Lakers recently hiring Darvin Ham as their new head coach. And why I feel he's the perfect person for this current roster, as well as how they retooled this offseason. Then we're moving on to Fight Talk. It's been a couple weeks without Fight Talk. I'm excited to bring it back. This weekend we have UFC 275, headlined by Glover Teixeira versus Yuri Prohaska. And I'll be giving you guys my picks for that fight. I'm also going to be discussing Jorge Masvidal versus Herb Dean. I'm also going to be discussing a possible matchup between Dominic Cruz and Cheeto Vera, that one's officially set up. But the Jorge Masvidal versus Herb Dean, I'll be discussing those comments on today's podcast. So before we begin, I want to give a shout out to this week's sponsor, Let'sGoWill.com. I greatly appreciate you guys supporting the channel by just watching and listening. Trust me, I greatly appreciate it. But if you want to go above and beyond, make sure you check out Let'sGoWill.com. We got the best shirts, amazing quality. And like I said, if you want to go above and beyond, Check them out, order some shirts and some sweaters. I'll greatly appreciate that as well. For this week's Words of Wisdom is work through the struggle or work through the slumps or work through the sluggish states. All of those three key things are really derivatives of themselves because sometimes when you overwork, say, let me use myself for example, my podcast. Sometimes I go extremely hard on prepping the notes for the podcast that the next day when it comes to recording, I feel a little burned out. Or when it comes to basketball, I work hard, I go for a run, I get my basketball drills in, I lift a couple weights, and then when it's um, game time, I feel a little burned out. But you got to be able to work through those slumps and those sluggish times because that's what separates good people from great people, those that are able to still go out there and perform even when they're not as motivated as they are on days that they are feeling like everything's clicking. The ones that are able to work through the times where they're not motivated, those are the great ones. So even if you're feeling sluggish, even if you're feeling a little slumped, all the S words, if you're feeling slow, sluggish, slumped, whatever it is, make sure you continue putting in work because that's what's going to separate you from those that want to do something and those from that actually do something so where's the wisdom this week is work through the slumps work through the sluggish times and work even when you're feeling slow that's gonna be it for the words of wisdom so let's get right into the podcast and as always let's go easy bucket celtics versus warriors is going exactly how i called it all right i'm lying it didn't go exactly the way i called it it did go the way i thought things were going to go But just in reverse order, I said the Celtics were going to lose game one. First game jitters, the Warriors were going to be able to put on an onslaught, win by a lot. And then I said the Celtics would win game two. So things went the opposite way. The Celtics came out, and even though Curry was lighting it up in the first quarter, they ended up surviving the onslaught and showing toughness in game one, and they took that one home. Then in game two, 
the Warriors are the ones that came back and actually looked like they were willing to play from quarter one, two, three, and four. And you guys already know the Warriors. They have an explosive first quarter, an explosive third quarter. And if you're not able to manage those, the fourth quarter is kind of like just building off that. But game one, give credit to the Celtics. They withstood that onslaught and they gave a punch back. Game two, it was completely all Warriors. And there's nothing that could have gone the Celtics way where I would have been convinced, yeah, they're going to win this game. So I got to give credit to both teams. It's one and one right now. At the time of this podcast, this is Tuesday night. The podcast releases Wednesday night. I got the Celtics winning tonight. And if you're listening to this after Wednesday, then whoever won, I'm sorry. I record Tuesday nights. My apologies. I can't see the future. But I'm still sticking to my picks. Celtics in six. And there's certain things that I saw from game one and even a couple moments in game two that make me confident in my picks. So let's go ahead and start talking about them right off the bat. I said this from the Warriors. I mean, I said this from the Celtics from what I saw in their series against the Nets, in their series against the Bucks, in their series against the Heat. If this team plays physical throughout quarter one to quarter four, a full defensive game, they're going to be tough to beat. And, and the first game, I saw Horford going off, him playing big, him playing aggressive. I saw even Tatum. Yeah, Tatum didn't score as much as you expect him to score, but he still had 13 assists. He was still able to get his teammates involved. And that's something that goes highly neglected in basketball. Yeah, everybody loves to score. When I go play basketball, I love posting clips of me scoring, even if it's not at the obviously highest level of the NBA Finals. It's me at LA Fitness. It's me at rec games. It's me in park leagues, just having fun. But everyone loves to score. Sometimes people forget that it's basketball. You got to get your teammates involved. And that's why I give a lot of credit to Jason Tatum. Because even though he's not scoring, it's not like his game is over and he just stops playing. There's a lot of people that we know that if they can't score, their game is done. They have nothing else. They're one-dimensional. But I'm giving him respect because he was getting his teammates involved. And when you have a player like that, it opens everything up. Now Horford is playing well. Now um, Jalen Brown is playing well. People are starting to step up because it shows that the leader of the team is giving them the ball. He's not giving up even though scoring is not going his way. So I liked that from the Celtics in game one. But and then if we're being honest, they did let Curry go off in the first quarter. So now let's go off to talk about Curry. And this is something that might be a little of a hot take. It might be something that might come back and bite me in the ass later. It might be something that some people agree and some people disagree. But this is something that I've been noticing little by little. And it might be a hot take. I'm preparing you guys. Are you really afraid of Curry beating you in a series? Or him just going off in quarter one, quarter two, but not being able to have the same consistency throughout the game? Yeah, the Warriors won game two. But we got to go back to game one. That hot streak that Curry was going on, the six three-pointers in the first quarter. But and then some of that steam started wearing off. And it's been said about Curry before. Does he have that clutch gene or that consistency to be able to maintain a game throughout quarter one through four by himself? Are you really afraid of Curry? beating you just like that in my instance 
or in my point of view, and this is just a podcaster. I'm not claiming to be uh, the greatest basketball mind in the world. Yeah, I do think I'm good at watching basketball. I think I'm good at playing basketball. But I'm never considered, I never consider myself the greatest. So this is just me talking from the outside in, from a podcaster standpoint. I'm not afraid of Curry going off consistently in a series. We've seen him have slumps in a series. And even though it goes back to that comment of Draymond Green saying, oh, maybe because Curry got more double teams than Durant. Maybe the tension is more on Curry. That's why he's not as consistent sometimes, in my point of view. But if he goes off, there's still a chance you can win the game if you shut everybody else down. You can't let you can't let Curry go off and then let Clay go off and then let Draymond go. You can't do that. If you're gonna pick your poison, maybe you want to lean a little bit towards letting Curry go off, but shutting everybody else down. And it goes back to Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is still, in my opinion, the second or third greatest shooter of all time. It fluctuates sometimes. Obviously, everyone knows Steph Curry's number one. Number two, it fluctuates sometimes. You could go Ray Allen. You could go Reggie Miller. You could go Clay Thompson. It's interchangeable, that one. That one's not set in stone yet. But he is one of the greatest shooters of all time. This final series and these playoffs haven't been his best. Yeah, he's game six, Clay. He does have some good, really good performances. But as of late, hasn't been consistent either. And obviously, he's still coming back from injury. But he's had enough time under his legs. To get a consistent pace. We haven't seen that same scoring outburst that we were accustomed to seeing from Klay Thompson. I'm not saying he's not capable. Don't. Let, let's get this straight on the podcast. I'm definitely not saying Klay Thompson is not capable of that. I'm definitely not saying Klay Thompson is washed. You're crazy if you think that. Let me premise my comments before I even say that. You're crazy to think Klay Thompson can't go off anymore. But go off consistently, that's a different thing. And that's obviously, it's hard. It's hard to go off in the NBA, especially in the finals when you got the defensive player of the year on the other side. It's hard. But he hasn't been going off. So you can't let Curry go off and Clay and Draymond. And then you got to worry about Poole sometimes, even though he's inconsistent as well. And notice the key word I keep using when I'm talking about the Warriors. It's their inconsistency. If they play the way they're capable of playing from quarter one through four, it should be an obvious win. But that inconsistency, we all know, trust me, we all know their explosive first start. And if you watch the Warriors for years now, you know they have an explosive third quarter. And that's one of their key differences that they got to maintain is that third quarter. If the Celtics want to be able to win at home and keep home court advantage, they got to limit that third quarter outburst. They also, now that we're talking about flipping the um, switch back to the Celtics, if they let the Warriors get more, or if they let the Warriors play more physical than them, they're going to lose this series. Not only does physical play determine the outcome of this game, it's also going to determine who turns the ball over the most. If we're being honest, the Celtics do have a tendency of turning the ball over at a high rate. If they turn the ball over, I, damn, what was the stat? 
I believe it was over 15 times. If they turn over uh, over 15 times, they're, they've lost every single game. This past game, game two, turned the ball over 19 times. It doesn't matter if it's the Warriors, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Heat, the Nets, whatever team it is. If you turn the ball over 19 times, you're not going to win the ball game. And that goes back to being aggressive. You're making the other team turn the ball over by your aggressiveness on the court. So the Celtics have to play more aggressive. When I think about the Warriors in the Celtics series right now, I'm thinking about the bigger brother versus the young, talented brother that is starting to reach the big brother status. They're not there yet. They're playing against the big brother. And the big brother's been there before. You guys know this in a family. When you play, let's just use basketball. Well, we're talking about basketball, so let's continue using basketball as an example. The big brother, anytime he plays the little brother in basketball, the little brother starts showing off those nice moves and hits a couple jumpers. But when it's game time, the big brother, all he has to do is just be more physical than the little brother, and he usually tends to win the game. I feel that's how the series went in game two. I feel the big brother Warriors were more physical than the little brother Celtics. Game one, it showed that the Celtics had the potential to do it. But game two, the Warriors had to remind them, hey, we're still the big brother. We're going to be more physical than you in this game. And it's going to lead to the victory. And that leads to my next point. Draymond Green. If the Celtics, or excuse me, if the Warriors win this series, obviously it's going to be a team victory. But this man right here, Draymond Green, I've said it plenty of times, and I'm going to keep repeating it when I talk about the Warriors. Curry is the face of the franchise. But the engine of the team is Draymond. He establishes the tempo early in the game. He establishes the aggressiveness from the team right off the bat. He establishes the flow they're going to be playing at for the rest of the game. And it goes beyond statistical values on a score box. At the end of the day, sometimes Draymond doesn't have the most points. Sometimes he doesn't have the most rebounds. Sometimes he doesn't have the most assists. But what he does on the court, he brings that energy for the rest of the team. And he gets teams or teammates with open shots. He gets them hustling more on defense. He's vocal out there. He's the leader and the engine of the team. And I'm going to keep saying that no matter how great Curry is, Draymond is the engine. So if Draymond comes out and plays physical, the Celtics have to match that energy right back. We know Draymond's outspoken. We know he's confident in who he is. He should be. He's a three-time champion, former defensive player of the year. He's been here. He's done that. So the Celtics need to match that energy from the start. You can't get or you can't let Big Brother bully you early in the game because that's a surefire way of losing it. And the Warriors will win if they out physical, if they play more physical than the Celtics. So I'm still picking. The Celtics, I have not lost hope. I got the Celtics in six. In order to for the Celtics to get game three, in order for them to win game four, they can lose game five. They get game six at home, close out the series. Celtics in six. That's still my pick. But they got to follow those key things I've been talking about. And 
if the Celtics win. You heard it here first. I've been calling it for the past three to four weeks that the Celtics were going to win the championship. I've said it on the podcast. I've been saying it. At the beginning, I said I couldn't see the future. Well, if the Celtics win, then you got to start listening to your boy. Obviously, the easy pick is the Warriors. They got the more talented players on paper. But I'm still sticking with my pick, the Celtics. Celtics in six. And it hurts me to say every time I say that because I'm a Laker fan. But guess what? The Lakers are out of the playoffs. The Lakers didn't even make playoffs. The Lakers are doing other things. So it hurts me to say Celtics in six. But guess what? It's okay. Celtics in six. And speaking of the Lakers, let's go ahead and switch our conversation over to the Lakers. And they're massive. And I say massive higher because this is the perfect candidate, the perfect person for this current roster, even as they retool during the offseason. Darvin Ham, former player, former assistant coach, former head coach, former GM in the G League. All of these credentials have led him to this position. And if there's something that NBA players respect in a head coach, is someone who's done it before. I'm not saying that that's the only head coach that is the perfect candidate. I'm not saying that you can't be a good coach if you never played professionally or at a high level. I'm not saying that. But there's something about an ex-player that earned people's respect on the court stepping in into that coaching position. There's also examples of when it goes bad, like Luke Walton or Derek Fisher, or just there's examples that Sometimes it doesn't work out. But when it's a type of player that was nitty and gritty and earned his time in the NBA, I'm not saying other people didn't, but you guys know players that were in the NBA because of their toughness. They didn't stay in the NBA because of sheer athleticism. And you guys know, you guys understand what I'm saying. So Darvin Ham is a perfect person for this coaching position because he's not going to accept excuses. He's going to hold people accountable, just like he said in the press conference. Yeah, you guys may be viewed as superstars, but if you're not going to earn your playing time, then we're going to the next guy. I've said this from last year. Russell Westbrook is not the problem. Yeah, maybe he is a part of the issue sometimes, but he is not the problem. The problem was the Lakers' health, plain and simple. The big three, Russ, AD, LeBron, did not get a full stretch of games together because of injuries. So this year, the main thing is about being able to develop these players in the offseason, pick up their conditioning, and make or make the proper adjustments throughout the game to not have them out there as long as they need to be or as they should be. Because LeBron... He's not a young pup in the league. Anthony Davis is not the strongest person in the league. Russell Westbrook didn't have the health injuries or the health issues last year, but he has health he has had health concerns in the past. That was a tongue twister. He has had health concern. All right. He had I can't even say it no more. Excuse me. Excuse me everyone. He has had health concerns in the past. So you need to be able to make a game plan where you don't play them as much. You have to put shooters around them. And it's easier said than done. 
but the majority of what I heard from the press conference from Darvin Ham, I like what he what he brings to the team. That hey, no nonsense, accountability. We're here to work. If you put those things together, we're gonna have a successful season. So I feel this is a perfect person for the can or for the position. And I'm not gonna act and like, yeah, I followed Darvin Ham for so long. Oh, I'm such a big Darvin. Nah, I'm not gonna act like that. I'm not fake either. I wasn't privy to the majority of his career but i do know who he is because of just just watching the nba just listening to sports shows just watching interviews i know who he is and what i saw from the first interview i loved what i heard i'm looking forward to it and it might be a delusional laker fan that's just holding out hope but guess what from what i saw in the interview i love the integrity that it brings to the head coaching position so we got to see where the Lakers go from this. But I'm excited. I think it's a great hire. All we got to do is wait and see into the offseason. Or the, even next season. Let's see what the Lakers do. With that being said. That's going to be it for the basketball section. And it feels good to say this. Let's switch over to fight talk. Fight talk. Fight talk. Fight, it feels talk. good to be discussing some fights. You guys already know. I've talked about it on the podcast before. I used to talk boxing a lot on the podcast. But only when it was the big pay-per-views because I'm not going to act like I know so much about boxing. Yeah, I might know almost all the main, the big names in boxing. I might know some of the people on the undercard. But I'm not going to act like I'm the biggest boxing fan. This past weekend, we had a great fight between Devin Haney and Cambosos. That was a great fight. But I wasn't really, I wasn't really amped to talk about it. Because when it comes to boxing, I would consider myself a casual. I can't really get in-depth. I just do know a lot of the fights. I watch a lot of fights. So that's why I don't really talk about boxing. That's why I haven't been discussing fight talk recently. But this weekend, we got UFC 275. And when it comes to UFC, I like to think of myself as someone that has a, a good amount of knowledge. Because I watch a lot of fights. I watch past fights. I like to watch his or the interviews to see how a fighter is doing. I'm more into UFC than I'm into boxing. And I'm not going to say MMA in general because I don't watch too much Bellator unless it's the main fights. I don't watch other things. It's just mostly UFC, so I would consider myself a UFC fan. And this weekend, we got an amazing fight card. Well, it would have been amazing if one of the fights didn't get canceled, that Robert Whitaker, Marvin Vittori. But this still is a 3 solid main card fight or three solid main card three solid fights on the main card excuse me i've been getting tongue-tied lately i apologize but this weekend ufc 275 headlined by um glover Teixeira versus yuri um prohaska every time i get his name right and then when i look at his name with all those ah, it gets me tongue-tied and that's the theme of the podcast today. I've been tongue-tied all day. But Yuri Prohaska versus Glover Teixeira, Valentina Shevchenko versus um, Talia Santos, and Zhang Weili versus Joanna Jacek. My gosh, this fight card. UFC 275. If you're not into UFC, good luck trying to say the names of these three main fights. Glover Teixeira versus Yuri Prohaska, Valentina Shevchenko versus Talia Santos, Zhang Wei Li versus Yuana Jung Jacek. Oh my god, just talking about it gets me it gets me tongue-tied and it gets me excited because these are great fights. So let's talk about the Zhang Wei Li fight versus 
Joanna Jonjacek first. Both of these fighters are coming off of losses. That amazing fight. This is a rematch. That amazing first fight. You guys remember that fight where Joanna Jonjacek had that giant swelling on her head. Zhang Weili ended up winning that fight. That fight is 100% going to go in the Hall of Fame. That's how great that fight was. But Joanna Jonjacek has not fought since then. That was in 2020. Zhang Weili since then has been on a losing streak as well. She beat Joanna. She got a rematch at her or at her title. Or excuse me, she put up her title against um, Rose Namajunas. Got knocked out in that fight. Came back in the rematch and lost that decision again. And even though it was a split decision, I still had Rose winning that fight. So both of these ladies are coming off of losses. Both of these ladies need this win. Usually, when it's fights like this, when it's so evenly matched, I tend to lean towards a person that was more active. Joanna hasn't been in the cage in two years. Can she still take the punch? The reason I say that is because when you take time away from, um, from the fight game in general, sometimes your body doesn't, is just not accustomed to getting punched in the face anymore. And it's difference between in sparring in practice and someone actually trying to knock you out. Someone actually trying to hurt you. So I usually tend to lean towards the person that's been more active. But Zhang Weili also has been out quite a while. She's been out since last year. If, it's, if I'm not mistaken, it was in October, November. I think it was November, if I'm not mistaken. But she's been out since November. Before that. She lost the fight. So she's also coming off of a losing streak. So this fight is kind of hard to pick. But I usually tend to lean towards a person that was being more active. So if I'm being honest, I'm supposed to pick Zhang Weili because that's the person that's been more active. But I'm just a bigger fan of Yuana Yunjaychik. So you know what? This fight, I'm going with Yuana Yunjaychik. I got her just maintaining the distance, getting back into it. I got her winning this fight via decision. Joanna Yunjaychik is going to beat Zhang Weili via decision. That's, that's what I lean towards. Because in the first fight, she took so much damage. I don't think she's going to come out and do the same thing. I feel like she's going to pick her shots. She's going to maintain her distance. She's not going to want to have that giant swelling on her head. And then trust me, uh, trust me, in no way, shape, or form am I making fun of her for that. I'm just like flabbergasted at that giant swelling, that hematoma she had on her head. Woo! So I got Zhang Weili. I mean, Zhang Weili losing this fight. Joanna Yunjaychik getting this decision victory. Valentina Shevchenko versus Talia Santos. You guys already know how I feel about Valentina Shevchenko. She was 1B, pound for pound, greatest women fighters in the current roster. All time, also possibly. But I had Amanda Nunes, 1A, Valentina Shevchenko, 1B. Amanda Nunes just lost. She lost, and I was like, man, I didn't think she was ever going to lose. So I had the same feeling towards Valentina Shevchenko. But I have more confidence in her. Talia Santos is a great fighter. Do you think she's going to be able to win a UFC championship against almost the number one pound-for-pound fighter in women's division, in the, in the, women's, um, in the women's MMA? After four fights, and it's fights against Joanne Wood, Roxanne, Yuliana, and Molly. 
the level of competition from those four to Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, I hate to say it. I'm not trying to diss nobody, but just the level of competition. The way, the aggressiveness of Valentina Shevchenko. She's won fights in different manners. She's knocked people out. She's submitted people. You know that she can win a decision victory. Her last fight against um, Lauren Murphy. Those elbows. She can do it all. I'm going Valentina Shevchenko. I got her TKO second round. It's going to be brutal, in my opinion. And the next fight, Yuri Prohashka versus Glover Teixeira. Light heavyweight title on the line. Let me go ahead and pull this up because this is a fight that is going to determine how I feel about up-and-coming fighters. I 100% want to pick Yuri. Especially, I've never seen a beatdown. Never have seen a beatdown the way he beat down Dominic Reyes. Oh my gosh, that those elbows, that elbow to the head where Dominic Reyes just goes flat and that that was tough to watch. And imagine being in that position. I gotta give credit to Dominic Reyes, because if if I were to get beat that bad, first of all, I'm not even gonna get it ever in the octagon. But if I were and I got beat that bad. That's what separates me and MMA fighters because I wouldn't put myself through that type of danger. For what? But you know what? Everyone's livelihood is their livelihood. They're at the highest level for a reason. There's a reason why they're up there athletically and just there for a reason. So give credit to Dominic Reyes, but we're not talking about Dominic Reyes right now. We're talking about Yuri versus Glover Teixeira. This could go either one or two ways. Yuri gets a first-round finish or Glover Teixeira gets a third round submission the reason i say that because yuri's gonna come out guns blazing he's gonna be looking to take glover's head off he's gonna be looking to just uh, have an onslaught of an offense he's gonna be just the way i saw dominic reyes oh i just keep going that that fight and when i think about it i'm like god damn that was crazy but glover has shown that he can take a punch um, Jan Blahovich took his shots, submitted him in the second round. Tiago Santos took his shots, submitted him in the third round. TKO'd Anthony Smith. He can do it. But when does age start taking a, a, a factor in fights? Is this the transition of a guard? Is this Glover Teixeira's final run? Or can he maintain his belt for many more fights to come? I hate to say it. I'm going to have to go Yuri on this one. I got Yuri winning via first round knockout. And the reason why I hate to say it, because Glover's such a nice guy. I like, I've watched him for so many years. He's one of the OGs in the game. But I got Yuri just that when I see when I saw him. Just beat Dominic Reyes. That left a lasting impression. Just uh, That's it. I'm going to pick him in every fight from now on. So I got Yuri winning this fight. He will be beating Glover Teixeira via KO in the first round. So my picks for this weekend's fights. UFC 275. First fight that we're discussing. Let me go ahead and pull up the card. That way I don't get it mixed up. 
This week in UFC 275, first fight, Zhang Weili versus Joanna Yunjaychik. I got Joanna Yunjaychik winning via decision. She's going to pick her shots. She's going to maintain her distance. That first fight was extremely brutal. That Himotoma, you guys already know. She's not going to want to put uh, put up with that again. She's going to keep her distance and win a decision. Second fight, Valentina Shevchenko versus Talia Santos. Shevchenko via second round TKO. That's my pick. Shevchenko is just light years away from everybody. I'm always going to pick her. And in the main event, Glover Teixeira versus Yuri Prohashka. I got Yuri winning via first round KO. I hate to say it because I'm a Glover fan. I've been watching his fights for years. But I got Yuri winning via first round KO. What do you guys think? Let me know in the comments below if you guys agree with me, disagree with me, or don't know who you're going to pick yet. Let me know in the comments down below. Now a fight that's been... Lately, or not a fight, but someone that has some issues with the fighter or a fighter having issues with the ref. It's just such a weird scenario. Let me go ahead and pull it up. Jorge Masvidal versus Herb Dean. Now, this is a odd but understandable beef. And I, I, I use beef very lightly because it's obviously one-sided. But let's talk about this. Let's use basketball. Let's even use MMA. Let's use any sport in general. If you have a ref there and you've lost that basketball game, yeah, you're going to be upset. Let's say you play another game and you lose that game. You lose that fight. And that same ref is there. You're going to start building some disdain towards that person. Just because you associate losing with that person being there this is just my opinion from a podcaster from a behind the desk maybe things are going on inside the octagon that obviously i'm not privy to because i'm a podcaster so maybe jorge masvidal has some valid points but this is just me looking at it from the outside in you lost to Usman, herb dean was there you lost to Ma i mean to covington herb dean was there so maybe he's associating herb dean being there with a loss and that's me if i'm not being mistaken i'm pretty sure i saw herb dean there obviously he's there for the um kobe covington fight i'm pretty sure he was the same ref against uzman i'm not sure if it was one or two but it was one of them for sure maybe he associated losing with him just because of that so it's very a strange beef but i kind of understand it but lately masvidal has been doing a lot of talking and in the fight game there's a reason why he does it. I understand why he does it. But he's been doing a lot of talking, so I'm just want to see who he's gonna fight next. Is it gonna be McGregor? Is it gonna be a rematch with Kobe? Is it gonna be a rematch with Nate Diaz? Who is it gonna be? Maybe I'm saying he's doing too much talking just because I'm anticipating I want to watch one of his fights. But let's see who he fights next. I understand why. This is from my point of view, but there you go. And a fight that I'm excited that has been announced. And I'm pretty sure we'll go down. Dominic Cruz versus Cheeto Vera. This is a fight that both of these fighters need. Or a fight that both of these fighters need. Dominic Reyes is coming off a couple bad losses. He needs someone up and coming to establish himself saying, guess what? Even though I am a little bit later in my career, I'm still in this for gold. So if he wins this fight, he puts himself in a title picture. Cheeto Vera is putting himself in a position to start getting noticed against bigger names. Yeah, he beat Sean O'Malley. He has a bigger name. But Sean O'Malley also is on the come up. 
He doesn't have the name that Dominic Cruz has in the fight game yet. So this is a perfect fight for him to win and show, guess what? I can beat former champions and I'm ready for the next title shot. So this is an opportunity for both of these fighters to put their name in title contention. I'm excited for this one. But like I said, when it comes down to fights, until it happens, that's the only time you can bank on it. Because injuries happen, contract disputes happen, and just like that, your fight's been pulled or someone's out of the fight. So until it happens, then that's when I know it will happen. But as of right now, Dana White drop. Pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Dana White, let's get that drop in. Pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. <laughs> but with that being said, that's going to be it for the podcast this week. We had a stacked episode. Thank you guys for staying to the very end. I greatly appreciate it. I always say this, without you guys, I'm just a man talking into a microphone looking at a camera. So I greatly appreciate it. We got major things coming up in the next two to three weeks. Next week, I'm going to be sharing a little more information with you guys so stay tuned thank you guys for tuning in before we head out i got to give you guys my recommendation for a song to add to your workout playlist this is pressing by big 30 featuring quavo and moneybag yo this is a perfect songs because it gets you amped up but it's slow pace so it kind of makes you like Especially when you're benching, you're like, let's get it. Let's get it. And when you're running on the treadmill, just you're vibing out. This is a perfect song. It's Pressing by Big 30 featuring Quavo and Moneybag Yo. Make sure you add that song to your workout playlist. And repeating what we said at the beginning of the podcast, work through the sluggish times. Work through the slump. And work when you're feeling a little bit slow and you don't have that energy. Because that's what separates the great people from the good people. So make sure you guys use that advice this week. And I want to thank y'all once again. You guys are the real MVPs. Without you guys, I'm just a man talking to a microphone, staring at a camera. So thank you so much. Make sure you guys tune in to the channel. And also, if you want to go above and beyond, check out letsgoworld.com. Cop some shirts, cop some sweaters. I'll greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. And as always, let's go.